Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 2nd, 2012. For newcomers, you must always help yourself to the website while it's up there, cuttingthroughthematrix.com and it's over a thousand free audios for download and uh, in the front page there too you'll see that all the official sites have the audios but you can also get transcripts for prints up of a lot of the talks I've given over the years and if you want print-ups in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and you'll find a bunch to choose from there. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. You can help me out by buying the books and discs. I've got it cutting through matrix.com because I, I don't take shares in anything. I don't have companies that sell you things and bring some of them on as guests and stuff like that or, or anything like that. No shares at all. And... Uh, and this way, too, I've got a more open method of being able to explain or, or even answer questions where I think about certain things. It gives me leeway, you see. So it's not a, a, what you call it, a huge business or even a small business, and it's no empire, believe you me. It's just a lot of hard work doing what I do, so it's up to you if you want to help me. Now, from the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase a books and discs using a personal check, or you can use an international postal money order from the post office. You can use PayPal, and some people just send cash. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal. And straight donations really are awfully, awfully welcome. What I do, as I say, I, I really simply chronicle the events that we're going through and tie it into why we're going through all these events in the world order as they move into utter globalism, a socialist type of Fabian socialism, a la Bernard Shaw, basically. And, uh, and to find out uh, who's behind it, the organizations that all work together, armies of them actually, and uh, foundations that work on behalf of the private big money lenders to nations, like the Rockefeller boys and so on. And you'll find out it's a very old agenda. They knew where they were going 100 years ago. They wrote about it 100 years ago. They had their front men out there, like H.G. Wells, telling you where they were taking you, and H.G. Wells as well. H.G. Wells and, uh, and Shaw, I should say both founder members of the Fabian Society, and their idea was to bring in this wonderful utopia for themselves uh, with an ordered society of good uh, peasants beneath them, basically. But to be a good peasant, uh, as Shaw said, you'd have to come and explain to them why they should allow you to, to live. You see, you had to work for the greater good, which meant that 95% of the public would, would give all their earnings to make sure that the 5% at the top in socialism or communism, same thing, uh, would uh, have a good life at the top. So that's really what it is. And you're going through it today, where all your benefits, everything people fought for and worked for, are being taken away across the whole world at the same time. And, of course, uh, the big monopolies at the top, the bankers and uh, the international corporations, are just a big pyramid, a complete big pyramid, with the controlling interests owned really by a very, very few across the board and all of them. And so uh, they want this uh, free trade, they've got it, and uh, we all pay the extra taxes they're losing out on from imports 
because that's, that's been wiped off now, import duty under free trade. So value-added tax comes in. And they can call it anything they want in your country, but it's value-added tax, none the same. Because the big boys, again, the Council on Foreign Relations talked about this for many, many, many years, since they really are part of the, the planning boys that advise governments, all governments across the world, in which directions to go. They also work with the United Nations. They help drop charters for free trade. They did the one for the North American free trade. The CFR boasted they drafted it up, and the President Prime Minister sent, uh, signed it. So, uh, really, we don't have anything called democracy. It's been an illusion all along, by the way. And we're really on the road to this uh, planned, controlled, ordered society to serve the ultra-wealthy. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and you know, war is a, 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 it's a bloody messy business, and that's all soldiers do, they're taught to kill people. You should never put them on the streets to police anybody, because they're not policemen. Uh, even the policemen shouldn't, are really not policemen anymore either, are they? They're more like the military. But anyway, you can't put shock troops on the, tr- on the streets, they like mentioned last night, the paratroopers in Britain uh, are, are training to go on the streets of Britain, for the next riots and uh, of course this was all predicted years ago because the guys who run the world make things happen they don't just it's, they predict something like that there'll be riots down the road flash mobs and so on it's because uh, they had their instigators ready to do it basically and uh, so we're going on to, to the agenda obviously and they want riots they obviously want riots and uh, they'll, I'm sure they'll get plenty off them as we see more and more cutbacks and higher prices because inflation is the name of the day and with the inflation now for about 10, 20 years, they're saying. So by the time that 20 years is up, you may get a coffee for oh, maybe four bucks or five bucks, if you're lucky, a cup, that is. Now, but war is a messy business, and we're shielded from it because we're so entertained in the West that nothing's real to us anymore. Nothing really is real to us. And we've seen so much blood and guts, fake ones in Hollywood and all their movies, and people getting more down. It doesn't touch us at all. We're, we're impervious to it, desensitized to it. And that was part of the plan, too, to get you used to that, you see. But uh, the, the realities of war are awful, and uh, the, whole, the whole thing about war is to win, that's all. Just, whatever it is, whatever the cost, whatever it takes to win, the end justifies the means. And, and all these smart drones, there will be smart drones, smart bombs, and smart everything except the generals. But, uh, but the thing is... Um, it's organized insanity in a sense. But um, there's a lot of uh, videos up on, on YouTube uh, and Google, I should say, which uh, puts up uh, ones on, on the fallout, the casualties in the countries that are being bombed in the last few years and are still being bombed today. So one I'm putting up is to do, and you'll see a speech by Obama saying that these smart bombs and these smart drones uh, are, are, are so accurate, they only hit the bad guys, etc. And then I'll show you something to the contrary, and it's called The Girl Killed by Barack Obama. She never saw it coming, because he says that in his speech. She says, well, they never see it coming. You know, and um, so that makes it all the better. He never saw it coming, so I guess it's a, a very fast 
death, you'd only feel your head getting sheared off for a fraction of a second. I mean, I don't know how he, how he manages to, to, to say that's a comforting thing. But anyway, uh, I'll put this link up for you tonight. And another one, too, is on Gardasil. Now, I know for a fact, and I've read all the articles about it from the mainstream and from the governments, too, that uh, they're really, really going after people like me who put up anything at all with the word vaccine in it. It's a war, you see, against all those who are taking up stances against the vaccines that are, that are damaging and sometimes killing people, too. So I'll put this one up about uh, uh, one, of the, one of the girls who got the vaccine ended up having partial strokes and everything, and she's disabled now. She's a 22, I think, or 23, and uh, she's had it for two years. And her name is Brittany, so I'll put that one up and let her speak for herself. It's only see the only evidence there is is when someone speaks for themselves, rather than have the media uh, kind of floss it over and and uh, spin it off into something else. Because the media too, remember, get a lot of ads for different drugs. You know, advertising. All of it, all of it gets that. There's lots on television too. So they don't like the people who are. Uh, going against this, and it's actually it's actually highlighted as a uh, that anybody who talks about it on air or anyone who puts links up about it is immediately flagged, and they they go into your data and so on. So anyway, I'll put that up tonight, and you can study that for yourselves if you're thinking of getting your children uh, given this particular vaccine. Now, this vaccine, uh, it's, it may or may not prevent. Uh, uh, I think it's one to three types of uh, these uh, uh, warts, as they call them. But there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of warts. And even the, manuf- the person who came up with the eye in the first place in the lab said, uh, this probably won't do a darn thing to help anybody. And I've read the article on the air from the inventor of it. So, um, But what it does do is an awful lot of damage to a lot of people, like having strokes, things like that. But it's a must-be. They want everyone to have it, you know, like everything else. This is our, our democratic system. Also tonight, too, there's an article about fracking. We've all heard about fracking and um, where they shatter, basically, uh, shelves uh, of granite or whatever else underneath the ground. Uh, they're, they're, they're fracturing the plates, basically, to let gas and oil escape. But here comes super fracking, it's called. Oil service companies roll out new technologies to break up more earth more cheaply. And they can go far deeper. And it says, few energy industry practices have sparked more controversy than hydraulic fracking. First wells are drilled horizontally below the surface, allowing a single bore pathway to reach vertical pockets of oil and natural gas trapped between formations of shale and other rock. By the way, that one which could um, go horizontally is the one they invented uh, which sparked off uh, the first war with, with Iraq because Iraq went up to tell the guys south of them um, you can't use these things which are going very horizontally uh, underneath the, the, the ground and going across into Iraqi border and just sucking up vast pools of oil. That's what started off and that's why he did his invasion, you see. But anyway, getting back to this thing here, it says, then high-pressure jets of water, sand, chemicals are pumped into the ground to create fissures through the rock so oil can seep out and be retrieved. Regulators, environmentalists, and academics are studying where the practice can damage the environment. 
Undeterred oil service companies, including Baker Hughes and Schlumberger, are continuing their quest to devise ways to create longer, deeper cracks in the earth to release more oil and gas. These companies are no longer content to frack. They want to superfrack. So high crude prices and newly accessible oil and gas embedded in shale rock in North America are driving the wave of innovation. The more thoroughly that petroleum-saturated rock is cracked, the more oil and gas is freed to flow from each well, raising the efficiency and profit of the expensive process. So I'll put this link up tonight as well for super fracking, as you say. And a lot of this fracking was done over fault lines, which doesn't make it <laughs> too too uh, pleasant, eh? to be living around that area, because one, eventually something's going to subside, obviously. Uh, if you're already breaking these plates that are kind of stacked on top of each other, uh, side, you know, almost like chips just to the side of each other and, and on top of each other, and eventually, as you're shifting the plate, something's got to give. And here's one here. It says, uh, Indian Point threatens water supply, another nuclear pump, power plant. The Indian Point nuclear facility in Westchester uh, County threatens the drinking water into more, or, uh, yeah, into more than 11 million people in the region, according to a report released by an environmental advocacy group. Leaked radioactive contaminants in the event of an even a minor mishap could put the health of 11.3 million people at risk, says a study from Environment New York. The report also shows that Indian Point threatens water supplies from more than twice as many people compared to any other nuclear facility in the nation. So they're worried about their water. The danger of nuclear power is too close to home. Here in New York State, the drinking water for nearly 10 million people is too close to an active nuclear power plant, said Eric Whelan. Anyway, the things, the thing is, these things, um, also are pretty old. These, all these reactors have got are pretty old. And, and two reactors, put the links up for them, two, of course, were emitted over the last couple of days, vented stuff on into the atmosphere in the U.S. Two, two separate ones, one in L.A. And um, they haven't told us how much they've released into the air, and they probably never will either. But uh, we're in a rock and a hard place because, as I say, we need the power. We need power for sure. And they're, they're closing down all the coal mines as they're doing this. That was the best source of the power. So people are getting up in arms about it. But I'll tell you something else. There's a lot... And there will be a lot more articles in the newspaper leading up to June or July when they have the, the next Earth Summit, the Rio Summit, plus 20, as it's called. They gave us sustainability, uh, it's for the cry for sustainability, bringing down the populations, uh, rationing things out to the public, uh, even power. It was a big thing Maurice Strong was on about was power. He wants to reduce us down to almost the Stone Age, and he advocated, in fact, that uh, places like Ontario, Canada, should uh, start cutting down their, their power outputs and the taxpayer should pay for big generators to be put into uh, big building complexes for office towers, etc., for big business. He didn't say anything about the rest of us getting power. It was just for, to maintain the big boys. He said that back in the, the, the 80s, I believe, and early 90s. So they know what's coming. They know their agenda. And so what we don't realize, too, there's a lot of the, the far greeny signs on board with them who want to introduce us to a primitive state. They don't see themselves being reduced to a primitive state, of course, but uh, everybody else has to get reduced to a primitive state. It's obvious, too. So there'll be a lot of propaganda wars, pro and con, leading up to the Rio 
plus 20 summit. You wait and see. I'm also putting up a link tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com uh, for those who are to sign a referendum to get out of the EU. And uh, you can put your name in there if you want to. And we'll send it off. Uh, here's another article about Ontario as well. Green energy, the auditor isn't impressed, it says. There's too much to read in too little time, but anyone who has an hour or so could learn a great deal about the alarming gap between wishful thinking and stark reality by examining a couple of documents produced here in my home province, Ontario, Canada. We have an amazing institution known as the Office of the Auditor General. We've got a lot of general stuff in Canada, much like the UN, which was copied after Britain, of course, and set up by Britain. Back with more on the story after this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix, talking about this particular article to do with... um, uh, basically, it's the uh, green energy and so on, and the auditor isn't impressed for Ontario. And it says the entire 2011 Auditor General's report is available online. I'll put all these links up for you. Two sections of Chapter 3 are of particular interest. Each can be viewed, downloaded separately. Now, the Auditor General is supposed to see that your tax dollars are used wisely. That's his function. Not that it ever happens, but... And it says, that, uh, so it's electricity sector regulatory oversight, a 20-page PDF backup like here. Electricity sector renewable energy initiatives, 34-page PDF. And I'll put these links up. The first provides a big picture overview, how, overview of how electricity is managed in the province that is home to 40% of Canada's population. On the third page, which is numbered as page 69, we read that electricity prices for the average consumer have increased 65% since the restructuring of the electricity sector in 1999, and prices are expected to rise another 46% in the next five years. Uh, it says price increases of this magnitude are especially difficult for low-income families to cope with. They also hit the manufacturing sector hard. If you own a factory that's already struggling to survive, that was already paying tens of thousands per month for electricity, there's no way you can afford that kind of increase. Dramatic price hikes kill business, along with thousands of jobs. Well, they don't want any manufacturing in Canada or the States, eventually. The other big takeaway is found on the same page. While the Ontario Energy Board is supposed to oversee our electric sector, it actually has no say over two-thirds of a residential hydro, that's, that's electricity costs. About 50% of the electricity sold to residential customers comes from suppliers who signed long-term contracts with the government. The price of this power accounts for 65% of the cost of electricity. Uh, it says component on the typical bill. However, the board has no regular oversight role with respect to this proportion of electricity charge. Rather, it regulates only about one-third of the electricity char- charges on the typical bill. If our government had deliberately set out to bamboozle us, this would have been a perfect strategy. First, assure the public that an impressive-sounding body is keeping an eye on electricity prices, then circumvent the process by placing two-thirds of the raw costs beyond that body's ability to influence. But the news gets even more distressing in the second section of the Auditor General's report, the one that examines renewable energy, 
on page 2, numbers page 88. We read that the audit team didn't rely on the Ministry of Energy's own numbers because there weren't any. <laughs> the minister itself uh, hasn't uh, conducted any audit work on renewable energy initiatives recently. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be connected to the fact that our government is so obsessed with making itself look green that it doesn't care what it costs? I'm not talking just financially. The Auditor General points out that the 2009 Green Energy and Green Economy Act practically declares that the end justifies the means. Under this legislation, the government created a new process to expedite the development of renewable energy by providing the minister with the authority to supersede many of the government's usual planning and regulatory oversight processes. As a result, the government has been able to further its renewable energy policy agenda without delays, and these processes can sometimes cause uh, that they can cause. In other words, if you want to build an oil pipeline, you'll have to jump through all sorts of regulatory hoops. You'll be required to spend tens of thousands of dollars demonstrating that you aren't going to harm the environment. Your project will be delayed for years while activists denounce you at the public hearings, after which you'll be obliged to make costly changes to your original plans before you granted the appropriate permits. But if you, your project has the magic green energy label attached to it, you'll be spared all of that hassle. You get to saunter to the front line. Your project will be fast-tracked. Environmental impact assessment, what's that? Such foolishness, of course, leads to grim, grim real-world results. The Auditor General's report doesn't mince words. It says that the Energy Minister decided to shut down coal-fired electric plants as quickly as possible. That was a mandate but did no homework first to determine if this made sense from an environmental perspective, never mind an economic one. In its words, no comprehensive business case evaluation was done to objectively evaluate the impacts. So it's dreamland, isn't it? Instead, we got boatloads of wishful thinking. We're told that solar panels and wind turbines would reduce greenhouse gas emissions, but we weren't told that because the energy they produce is intermittent, gas-powered facilities will remain on standby. So there you go. It's a, they have these big, big agendas to reduce it down to the Stone Age. And, and very, very expensive electricity is going up. I know here it's going up, I think, 8%, I said, every year. Uh, so it's just, uh, what can you say? That's your government for you. To do with antitrust laws, uh, this says the day after blocking the merger of the New York Stock Exchange, Euronext and Deutsche Börse, AG, the European Union's antitrust chief, vowed to veto other deals that hamper competition. The EU will continue to block deals whenever necessary, Johan Almunia said in prepared remarks for a speech in Brussels today. The deal to create the world's largest stock exchange would have created a near monopoly that, would, that could have increased trading fees and prevented investors switching from exchange trade to over-the-counter derivatives, Almunia said. Offers from the companies to soothe the EU antitrust concerns were too limited, he says. I really have, I really have to propose the pro- prohibition of a merger, says Illumina. That, that means that I do not so lightly, but I have done and will continue to do so wherever necessary. Because basically, eventually, you'll have one world stock exchange. You understand that's going to come, along with one world everything, obviously. The FDA, this wonderful thing, uh, the stack by Monsanto and Big Pharma boys uh, says here, your body is a drug and we have the authority to regulate it. No kidding. Another, no, no kidding. Back with the story after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back. And we're cutting through the matrix and talking about the FDA saying that they own uh, basically your stem cells, the drugs, you see. And uh, even if you had something taken out of your body, they're your cells, and then they're altered a little bit and then put back in. But it says here, the FDA asserts in court document has the right to regulate the Centino Schultz Clinic for two reasons. Now, it says, it says there's, a, there's a battle going on in the court right now uh, with a Colorado clinic over its Reginex SDTM procedure, a non-surgical treatment for people suffering from moderate to severe joint or bone pain using adult stem cells. So the FDA asserts the court that it has the right to regulate the, the clinic for two reasons. One, stem cells are drugs and therefore fall within their jurisdiction. The clinic argues that stem cell therapy is a practice of medicine and is therefore not within the FDA's jurisdiction. Number two, the clinic is engaging to interstate commerce and is therefore subject to FDA regulation because any parts of the machine or procedure that originates outside Colorado becomes interstate commerce once it enters the state. Moreover, interstate commerce is substantially affected because individuals traveling to Colorado to have the Region X procedure would depress the market for out-of-state drugs that are, that are approved by the FDA. In other words, they want you to buy drugs instead of getting this treatment done. And since we discussed the very ambiguous issue of interstate commerce last September, it's an argument the FDA frequently uses when the basis for their claim is otherwise lacking. As we noted then, the FDA holds that an interstate commerce test must be applied to all steps in a product's manufacture, packaging, and distribution. This means that if any ingredient or tool used in the procedure in question was purchased out of state, the FDA would, in its view, have jurisdiction, just as they would if in the final product had traveled across state lines. This time, the FDA just nakedly says in court documents the agency wants to protect the market for FDA-approved drugs. No more beating around the bush. Their agenda is right out in the open. This appears to be a novel interpretation of the Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act, as evidenced by the government's failure to cite any judicial precedent for their arguments. This is the implication of the FDA's interpretation of the law upheld in court would mean that all food, drugs, devices and biologic and cosmetic products would be subject to FDA jurisdiction. The FDA is expanding its reach even into commerce within the state, which we argue is far beyond its jurisdiction, in order to protect drug company profits. Well, that's who they work for because they all work to the big drug industry. And they have a year or so in the FDA, and they go back to the, to the drug manufacturer they're working for. They go in and out like a revolving door. And this article is about... The end of the global internet. Google's blogger starts using country-specific names to permit local censorship. It says Twitter has taken quite a lot of heat for putting in place the capabilities to block tweets on a geographical basis. This begins to look a little unfair in light of the fact that Google quietly adopted a similar policy before Twitter. That's shown by the answer to question on Google's blogger site about blogs being redirected to country-specific URLs which are at the time of writing was last updated on 9th of January 2012. And here's what it says. Why am I seeing a URL change? This is from Google. Over the coming weeks, you might notice that the URL of a blog you're reading has been redirected to a country code top-level domain or a CCTLD. 
For example, if you're in Australia and viewing uh, blogname, uh, blogspot.com, you might be redirected to blognameblogspot.com AU, A-C-C-T-L-D, when it appears corresponds with the countries of the reader's current location. Google is quite frank about why it's doing this. It says, migrating to our localized domains will allow us to continue promoting free expression, and you'll hear the contradiction in a minute, and responsible publishing while providing greater flexibility in complying with valid removal requests pursuant to local law. By utilizing CCTLD, content removals can be managed on a per-country basis, which will limit their impact to the smallest number of readers. So that's what they want to do. The censorship. Content removed due to a specific country's law will only be removed from the relevant CCTLD. This is not only what Twitter is doing, but employs exactly the same topsy-turvy logic. By enabling, enabling local censorship, we are promoting free expression. Double speak. Eh? Uh, that in itself is obviously troubling, not least because Google may be setting off down a slippery slope that sees all of its service uh, segmented by geography to avoid local problems. But there's an even deeper issue. If more and more companies follow the lead of Google and Twitter, as seems quite likely, it could represent the beginning of the end of the truly global Internet. In its place will be an increasingly balkanized online world subject to a patchwork of local laws. Looks like geography just made a comeback. So I'll put that up with another link to to the Google as well, the full Google uh, thing that pops up when you type it in. And you can see for yourselves. And um, this one here is to do with how the media report now and it's been a sudden change, and it's a very sudden change on, on deaf and disabled people. It says, uh, uh, bad news for disabled people. A report reveals the extent of media misrepresentation. You see, understand now, under socialism, especially Fabian socialism, uh, they don't have any use for the disabled. You know, we saw that in the Nazi system, the Russians weren't any better, and uh, the Soviet system. But uh, this is Fabian socialism where they start targeting different groups and getting the public to hate them or dislike them by misleading stories. Very easy to do, by the way. And um, and then, of course, they cut all their, their, their benefits and so on and so on and so on. It says, uh, their research found a fall in coverage that described disabled people in sympathetic and deserving terms and an increase in the number of articles focusing on disability benefit fraud, which was a theme typically mentioned by focus groups. The report entitled Bad News for Disabled People, How Net Newspapers Are Reporting Disability, analyzed 2,276 print articles in a variety of tabloid and broadsheet newspapers and also analyzed findings from focus groups. Research was conducted by the Strathclyde Center for Disability Research and Glasgow Media Group and commissioned by Inclusion London. It provides compelling evidence for use by disabled people in making a case for more balanced media coverage and for changes in both government policy and in how policies are communicated and impact the public, I guess. The report found a significant increase in the reporting of disability in the media, a reduction in the proportion of articles which describe people in sympathetic terms, and a fall also in stories that document real-life experiences of living as a disabled person, with people with mental health issues and other hidden impairments more likely to be presented as undeserving an increase in articles focusing on disability benefit fraud from 2.8% in 2045 to 6.1% in the recent period, despite such fraud being extremely low. 
And that's how they do it too with immigrants as well. They show you the guy living in the multi-million dollar house on the taxpayer in Britain, for instance, but they don't tell you that most certainly do not live in such conditions. That's the impression they can give you. And it's just when focus groups were asked to describe a typical story in the newspapers, disability fraud was the most common theme. Uh, a significant increase in use of pejorative language to describe disabled people. The, the use of terms such as scrounger, cheat, and skyver was found in 18% of articles in 2010 to 11, compared to 12% in 2045. An increase in articles portraying disabled people as a burden on the economy, and that's the big one they're pushing for folks. This is Fabian socialism with some articles even blaming the recession on incapacity benefit claimants. Now, this coverage is impacting on people's perceptions. Focus groups all claim that levels of fraud were much higher than they are in reality, with some suggesting up to 70% of claimants were fraudulent. They justified these claims by reference to articles they'd read in newspapers. And disabled people are feeling threatened by the way disability is being reported as by proposed changes to benefits with the two combining and reinforcing with each other. So I'll put this article up to show you how the media can spin anything for a political purpose. And, and they are. They're all owned by CFR members and bankers. And uh, they certainly want this new world order to have no welfare system at all. If you can't work, then you're useless to society. And no doubt, like Shaw will, will say, we should invent a gas. That's what he said. A painless gas that will, you know, put them out of their misery. That he actually said that, and I put the link up before. It's also found at the beginning of uh, one of the, 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 the videos I put up too. You'll actually see and hear him saying this thing. Um, farmers are issue a lawsuit against Monsanto for widespread genetic manipulation. So at least they're getting together now as big groups. Farmers issue a lawsuit against Monsanto for widespread genetic manipulation. And the farmers are taking a stand against Monsanto, launching a landmark lawsuit against the mega corporation for widespread genetic contamination. The farmers are concerned that Monsanto's aggressive agenda to genetically alter the planet, and that's what it is, will ultimately result in a severe threat to the organic integrity of farms worldwide. It's not hard to believe that many organic farms have already been contaminated with GMO crops, as nearly 93% of soybeans are now admittedly genetically modified. So anyway... This, uh, the Public Patent Foundation originally filed a lawsuit in March of 2011 in a case known as Organic Seed Growers and the Trade Association et al. Monsanto. The, the, the organization launched a suit in the, name, uh, in the name of the very individuals and organizations threatened by Monsanto's widespread GMO crops, family farmers, farming organizations, and seed businesses. The intent of the case is to dispute Monsanto's patents on GMO seeds and ultimately safeguard farmers from Monsanto's own vicious lawsuits. Then it tells you of the vicious things that Monsanto has done. And they are vicious. They've got their own little army of heavies, you know, heavies that come out and threaten folk. I mean, I'm not an army of them. I'm not kidding. And they really have put a lot of farmers out of business who'd be terrified, actually. Terrified. To continue. But you see, they have government backing. Big, big government backing. Big government backing. And now with this new world order, we have technocracy, which is the idea that technocrats and specialists and experts will run the world for us proles at the bottom, you see. And we don't have to worry about anything except disobeying them. And uh, we saw that, of course, the European Central Bank put their boys in to Italy and elsewhere uh, without elections. 
and that's how it's to be done, you see, the bypassing all democracy. A uh, member of the Club of Rome said, the world we're bringing in is post-democratic and authorit- it's now authoritarian. That's what you have. So this article here uh, talks about uh, the, the, the Italian government's now going after the trade unions, that they're just overhauling all the labor market rules they've fought for years to get where you can get fired for no reason at all again, and that was just used out in the street. The Italian government will push ahead this month with a plan to overhaul labor market rules, even if it fails to win the backing of unions and employers. Labor Minister Elsa Fornero said, Fornero told union leaders and employers at a meeting in Rome today that Prime Minister Mario Monti's government will approve the new rules with or without their support, and that negotiations need to be concluded within three weeks, according to two union officials at the talks. As employers and unions remain divided on how to spur hiring in an economy where the youth unemployed tops 30%. Changing labor laws to make it easier for companies to shed workers can't be taboo, Monty said last night in an interview on Canal's Fives Matrix show. So in other words, they can just fire you, doesn't matter, no reason given, that's it. Back to the old days. Back to the old days, that's where it's gone. And that's where the whole world's going, folks. Also, Microsoft's buying Rosetta's genomic software assets from Merck. See, they're all in it together, hey? Microsoft's buying software for, for Merck for the genomic uh, software for into the gene pool again. It says uh, they're buying the assets of Seattle-based Rosetta Biosoftware from pharmaceutical giant Merck. Microsoft wants to incorporate the, gen- the genetic, uh, genomic information software into the Microsoft Amalga Life Sciences platform, a system the company's health solutions group has built for research institutions such as drug companies and universities. Well, yeah, of course, Bill Gates is right into the gene pool there too with his altered mosquitoes that uh, supposedly inoculate you, but with what we don't know yet. Another article here is to do with Britain. Mortgage fears soared 70% to pile pressure on cash-strapped owners, homeowners. It says mortgage fees have rocketed up 70% over the last year, and, and it's, uh, it's really hitting the homeowners, it says. The average uh, arrangement fee has soared to an all-time record of nearly £1,500, an arrangement fee, which is equal to nearly a month's take-home pay for the average worker in Britain. The huge bill is a sting in the tail for tens of thousands of people who hunt each month for the best loan to buy a home. It comes at a time when homeowners are forced to use a credit card or pay day loan, which charges interest rates of up to 4,000%. Ah, <laughs> uh, usury, usury, to pay their monthly mortgage bill. So 70% eh, for mortgage fees. <laughs> well, we take it, don't we? We accept it and we take it. And then the experts tell us one in, it says one in 100 adults has autism. Oh, it's just rising all the time. That'll help them from the bashing on the head. Don't worry about him. He's a bit autistic, you know. And, oh, okay, and you quack, quack, quack on the head there and you know, zap with a taser and the whole thing. Again, stigmatizing us all, basically, us all. In the eyes of our overseers, you know, the ones with the, the, the tasers and the, the weaponry, it's all a bit simple. And so, I'm not kidding you, like we're just coming down the animal status, you see. So experts again, remember what Bertrand Russell says, we shall rule the world in, the, in technocracy with experts until the public can't do anything without the advice of an expert. We're here, been here for a while. 
So disorder and similar conditions such as Asperger's syndrome are far more widespread than previously thought. And as with children, the study has found that autism is far commoner in males than females. About 1 in 50 men has a condition in some form compared to just 1 in 300 women. In addition, a report by the National Health Service Information Centre also found that a third of adults with learning difficulties was autistic. Although autism has been widely studied in children, until recently little was known about the prevalence amongst adults. Researchers asked more than 7,000 men and women a series of questions that can pick up signs of autism. There's probably, there's probably questions like, you know, do you fear your government? Yeah. Oh, you've got autism. You've got autism. Are you angry with any government policies? Yeah. Oh, you've got autism too. Yeah. I mean, that's how it will be done, you see. Yeah. And PetroChina. PetroChina company is stolen by the Chinese government. The country's biggest energy producer boosted ties with Royal Dutch Shell, PLC, after agreeing to buy 20% stake in the ground, the ground birch shale gas project in Canada. So the Chinese have already bought their first big chunk of it. I knew this years ago they were going to do that because an insider told me. Shell will res- remain the operator of the project, Ma Zifeng, the Beijing-based senior assistant secretary to Peter China's board, said by telephone yesterday he declined to give the value of the transaction. So they're, they're, going to, they're in bed now with Shell and so on, and they'll be doing their shale uh, extractions here of, of we've got a lot of tar sands too out west and they'll be involved in all that stuff quite nice eh? and the police rollouts video surveillance truck called the peacemaker to help catch criminals on tape wow the peacemaker eh? they love these names like the skull and bones the slaughterer yeah. I'll put this link up for you too and you can watch for yourself. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. I'm going to go to the phones, and there's Bob from Texas. Hey there, Bob. Hey, Alan, can you hear yeah, me? I can, yeah. All right, Good. Uh, nice talking to you. Thanks for taking my call and uh, got got things squared away on that uh, technical malfunction there. I mm-hmm. I want to make a I want to make a couple of comments here. The lady that called in the other night that was concerned about you know everything that she was felt like she was standing for that was right it kind of crumbled for her and she felt like she'd lost hope. Well, you know the thing is when you come to the realization of what's What's been going on for all these years, uh, hundreds of years, <laughs> centuries? Yep. Uh, you know that's actually a blessing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, my my words to her is, you know, uh, uh, you know, all this comes to you through revelation, and stay away from shrinks because the first thing that people tell you is you're going nuts. Yep. And then you start questioning that, and you you may buy into this psychiatric uh, system that they create to try to. Uh, subdue people from thinking, yep. and 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 keep them keep them down to squelch their thoughts with uh, drugs and uh, chemical lobotomies and so mm-hmm. forth. And so, what she needs to do is read to confirm what's going on and get deeper into it and yep. find out. Because we're born into this deception, we're born into it, and uh, you know we all think we're, what we're doing is right. In in reality, we're fighting for evil. 
Yep. You don't you don't realize that, and then when that happens, see what happens is judgment comes to you, and you realize you go, oh my God, I did the, I was thinking that I was thinking this, I was yep. thinking it was okay for that and that, and you 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 literally almost go nuts, okay, because you come to this such revelation of evil, you know. That's and, right. And and then the Christ, the Christ even said. He told them, he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but inward are, are full of dead men's bones, mm-hmm. and all uncleanliness. And see, he, the Christ knew. All, all, the, all the word Christ is, is anointed. And when the anointing comes to each and every one of us, that it comes to, you know, you either accept that or you push it away. I always say it's like the, the eureka moment where, where something stops you in mid-stride and mid-thought until you reverse all your opinions suddenly. So wait a minute here. It's, it's an old, old story, my country right or wrong. You see, that, that, that was put into everybody's That's it, the right mind. Or wrong. Yep. Yes. And even when they're killing you off at home and you don't know about it, and then you do find out, yeah, we're killing us here too. Uh, what are you going to do? So you're, you're quite right. You've got to go through that phase and when when you're beyond the average person that you know don't stop there you've got to go deeper and deeper because ultimately it's yourself you've got to free yes and, and don't let other people can think make you think otherwise yeah. and it says like uh, proverbs it says uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof and that is a truth you know if if you know people are going to defend the death merchants yeah. Well, then that's what happens. You know, you eat the fruit thereof. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we are supporting uh, tyrants, basically, who have their own world club. And there, uh, there is no, yeah. you know, this USA number one. All that means is USA number one region or province, yeah. okay? Yeah. And then and then the Christ also said, he that delivered me unto you, you had the greater sin. Those manipulators, they have the greater sin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and if right. the righteous scarcely be saved... I I fear for the wicked. I mean, yeah. because it will come. Their judgment's yeah. going to come, man. I, I you know I wish I had a little more time. I, I'm trying to get all the stuff in quick. Well, I've always said the big eating machine, when it's finished eating up the Middle East, will come back home and eat us all up here, uh, because they can't stop eating, and that is the agenda. That that is the agenda. Cause by then we'll be in poverty and rags and, and riots. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking my call, Alan. Uh, thanks, Corin. And, and Daniel from UK, I'll try and get to you maybe tomorrow, Daniel, early too, if I can. Sorry there. But uh, from Hamish from South Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you.